While we've tried to be as helpful as possible, this podcast should not be considered professional financial advice. It contains general information only, and you should seek out independent professional advice on your personal situation before making any financial decisions. They started to tell us their story, and they were refugees. And they told us a story about literally coming out in a boat, and they were in tears telling us that this was their life dream to own a home. It was an incredibly moving story, and I'm so glad that the team, everybody went there, and everybody was touched by it. And even today, people still talk about that story when you reminisce about it. Welcome to Building the Dream, a podcast by Metricon, all about the process of building a new home. I'm your host, Cecilia Ramsdale. I'm a mum of two kids. I am a voice actor, a podcaster, and I have a sneaky love of houses and all things real estate. Now, I, like many of you listening, have bought houses before. I've renovated. I've even rebuilt entire parts of them. But one thing I've never done is build a whole new house from scratch, but I've always wanted to. So in this series, I'll be speaking to the experts at Metricon about the process of building a brand new home. Together, we'll explore all the steps in the process from first deciding to build new to actually getting the keys. And by the end of this series, you and I will both know if we want to take the plunge. So in the last episode of the podcast, we learned how to choose the best location for your build. In this episode, we're going to tackle that tricky question of how do you budget for your new build? What different elements should you be budgeting for? How you prioritise inclusions in line with your budget? And how does the process differ when building compared to buying established? So today I'm speaking to two experts from Metricon to help me balance the books and demystify the budget. First up, I spoke to Richard Bryant. He's the General Manager of South Australia at Metricon and he's actually the guy who first brought Metricon to South Australia. He's also the one you heard telling that story at the start of the episode, but we'll come back to that soon. To begin with, I wanted to hear a little bit about Richard's first-hand experience. So I asked him to tell me what his favourite thing was about building homes. Home building is about, in reality, for most people, it is the largest financial and emotional investment they'll make in their life. If you get it right, and I think we get it right far more often than not, it can be incredibly rewarding. You literally change people's lives. You're really, in many cases, fulfilling the dream of home ownership for people. And in many cases with us, it's putting people into homes that may never have ever thought they'd actually own their own home. And it's very tangible. Being an engineer, I'm a practical person. I love being on site. It's my natural habitat, actually being out watching stuff being built. It's incredibly rewarding to take it from idea right through to reality. And in your role now, though, do you still get to have that tangible experience of the build? I do. I'm on site many mornings. I love building. I think you have to love building to be part of our industry. If you don't love it, it will probably kill you. There's a lot of pressure and a lot of stresses. I genuinely love it. And a lot of the magic happens at site. I love engaging with suppliers and trades. Even though we're a reasonable size business here, I don't ever want to lose sight of that. We've still got that small business mentality. I think it's really important that I do stay in touch, not only with my team, but also the broader Metricon family being the trades and suppliers. There's no better way to do that than actually be on site. Now, you just mentioned something just a moment ago that I'd like you to just come back to, and that's the emotional aspect of the build. As the general manager, how do you navigate the emotional side of the business? 
one of my catchphrases is think like a customer. I think I tend to be good at understanding customers' needs and wants. And in many cases, there's an understanding that we know we've built many homes, we've involved in many bills, but for many people, it's their first build and it's all new and different and quite scary for them. So we need to hold the hand and navigate them through the process. And I think if you have an understanding of that and what the customer's needs and wants are, you'll really help because emotion can work in your favour. They can be delighted at their new home, but it can also work against you. They can be very angry if they don't see it going the way they think it should be going. And from my point of view, I think there's some key factors that you need to be on top of. Communication is critical and that's open, honest communication, setting the scene, particularly in times like we are now, it's an extremely difficult period to build anything from a supply perspective. It's about open, honest communication about what can be achieved and what we will do for people. Always being honest with your customers. If you do mess up, tell them you've messed up and tell them how you're going to fix up. Don't try and hide things. Have those open, honest communications. As much as possible, do things in a timely manner. They're the issues that, and obviously from a quality piece, make sure that all the touch points for the business are quality touch points for them as well. And that's not just the build, it's quality communication for when they're actually in the office as well. So I think if you're on top of those three elements, you'll go a long way to make sure your customers, the emotion from your customers, a happy emotion, not a, a sad or a frustrated or an angry response because it does bring out the best and the worst in people. Now, I'd love to have a look at some of your tips and learnings about budgeting for a new build because I think that's probably the biggest thing. People can get swept up in the idea and the emotions and the excitement of picking all the bits and pieces for the home, but essentially you need to have your budget in order to make it all come together. In your opinion, what's the most important thing to consider when you're budgeting for a build? Well, totally agree about the budget piece. That That's how a lot of customers come unstuck is they don't keep their design ambitions and their budget in sync. They might have a beer budget and champagne taste. That needs to be discussed early. I think the first thing from a customer's perspective is have a budget, but don't make a number up. Go and see your finance broker or bank and actually do some pre-work and understand what your, if you are borrowing, because most people are borrowing money, what the borrowing capacity is, what money you do have available and what a reasonable budget is. That's my first tip for customers is generally go through that process and that's what we work with customers. Say, look, to avoid future disappointment, understand what you really do want to spend and what you can spend on your bills and they may not be the same. So don't leave it late talking to your bank or your financial institution. Get that on the table early so you know what you've got as a budget. That's one aspect. The other aspect is how much do you want to spend? Make sure you don't overcapitalize. Do your homework up front in terms of what your overall budget is. So that's the first thing. The second thing is as you're going through the process, making sure that, and we would do this with the customer in terms of reconciling where you're at in terms of dollars. How a lot of customers come unstuck in some cases is because they're not really truly understanding what's in the contract. Of course, in the beginning, when you start the journey, there's a lot of unknowns. Make sure that homework's done on those unknowns as soon as possible, things around the footings and other bits and pieces that need to come out. So try and really nail down some of the unknown, the big unknowns very early in the process. And that's what our process with customers is all about. It's about getting those out on the table, doing some homework, getting the engineers involved early, and making sure that those surprises are early in the piece, not late in the piece, that they're going to come. And I think the other area that a lot of people overspend is in selections. So in terms of personalizing your home, you can spend $200 on a bath or $10,000 on a bath. We don't mind what you spend on your bath, provided you're happy spending money on your bath. And that's one of many, many decisions that goes into a home. We use our Studio M as a vehicle. It's a beautiful space, but really gives the customer the opportunity to personalize their home. But we work closely with people, not just on the selections, but making sure that it's within their budget. So we, we ask customers before they go to the studio, how much money have you got left over for bits and pieces? And we work to their budget. So the customer doesn't get a reshot later on. 
that's often how customers get into trouble on the budget piece is they're not really in check with budget early up. They've designed their dream home, they made all the selections and the builder comes back with a price and says, happy days, it's X dollars. But the problem is that's 20 or 30% more than they expected it to be. I'd say most people go through that to some extent, don't they though? They do, but you know, there's a difference between being $10,000 over budget or uh, $310,000 over budget. And the sooner in the process you find out where you are in the budget, compared to your budget, the better. It's easy to fix early up. I know in some cases, some other builders will not fix stuff and they'll almost go to site without prices fixed. That's an absolute recipe for disaster because you end up putting any extras. There are extras with some other builders on credit cards and the like, and that's very, very stressful. So. You know, my advice is be all over the budget piece early, work with the builder. You know, we work with our customers and what their budget is. We like people to be honest about the budget. We work to their budget. We'll have those open, honest communications, conversations with them about what's achievable and what's not achievable. So it's really important to get that out early and have those conversations really early in the piece, not leave it too late to avoid future disappointment. So you touched on a couple of things there. Well, you referred to them as unknowns. What kind of unknowns are we talking about? The early unknowns are things around site costs. So we're a volume builder, so we have a lot of beautiful standard plans with base home pricing. So we can give you a fair idea of what that home will be. But of course, each site is different. And in South Australia, particularly the site costs, things like the footings costs, the site drainage costs can vary dramatically site to site, depending on the fall on the land, or the reactivity of the soil. They're the key unknowns early up, and that's why we get the engineer out to site very early to make sure that they do some homework on that for us, customer, and work out really where the customer. We give them an initial budget, but we want to tighten that up really soon. So they're the big unknowns. The other place you know, unknown is you know we have a beautiful specifications for home, but everybody has different needs and wants, and so it's a matter of getting out early, getting people into the selection process early to see what they might want in terms of finishing their homes. And there's, we have a variety of specialists they talk to, so around things like joinery, which is obviously a very expensive element for a home. If they want to spend a lot more money on their kitchen, for example, but special bench tops, all that sort of stuff, we try and make sure that we understand the customer's needs and wants early and give them accurate information on costing early on that. And they can make some informed decisions as to whether they still want that item or don't want that item. The things like the joinery and the tiles and all the things that are inside the home, you have some control over. It's just those things, as you say, about the site costs and whether you need to put retaining walls and you've got fall issues or sandy soil, all those things are the the kind of little bit scary bits, aren't they? They are. The the other unknowns are around things like council planning. In South Australia, every home goes through planning and they can dictate to you what can be good and what can't be good. And in some cases, that will potentially meaning extra cost. If you're in a flood prone area, you might have to build the floor level up, which is extra cost. If you're in a high wind area, you can take account of that from a structural perspective for the home. So those elements need to be flushed out pretty early as well and tested pretty early to make sure that we're actually on top of those costs as well for the build. After speaking to Richard, I was starting to get the picture, but I wanted to know more about what to really consider in our budget. Enter Tanya Tonks. Tanya is the Regional Manager for Regional North at Metricon. She's been in the industry for over 25 years and she's a budgeting master, both personally and professionally. Tanya was an absolute delight to speak with. The first thing she shared was how she kept the budget in mind in her own build. I can remember when my husband and I built our first home together. My husband was 
oh, Tan, we need all these wonderful things and we have to have this and we have to have that. And here I am, I'm the more conservative and said, well, no, this is the budget and this is all we're spending and this is the reason why and I have my reasonings. The reality is, is that when you actually put everything into perspective, sometimes that what you perceive as your budget is can vary a little. And what I mean by that is that it's really important to, first of all, work out what your budget is, i.e., how much cash savings do you have that you want to contribute? And then how much can you borrow if that's the way that you're doing it, which we call a split payment? At the end of the day, that is what you decipher what your budget is. And then you go, where is your comfort with the repayments? That's what I would always suggest to a family. Because the little things of the must-haves, when you actually put it over the life of the loan that you're going to have is quite insignificant. could only be a couple of coffees a week that to pay for that item that actually is truly important to you and your family. Yeah. Also, you can get caught up with the price of things. We got advised to get one exhaust fan above the stove when we did our build. And the one that our builder wanted to put in was about five or $600 more expensive than the one we ended up with. And he said, but it's really quiet and it's got the motor here and these are all the reasons why I think it would be better. And we just didn't have the budget space at the time. But like you say, if you broke it down over 20 years, it probably would have been a good idea because now when we put the exhaust fan on, it's like blasting everybody out of the house and it's in the main space where everyone is all the time. So every time I turn it on, I think he was right. I should have listened and found that extra $600 or tacked it onto the thing. Yeah, it's funny you say that because so often you can sit there and guide a family as to what potentially could be a right choice for them in the way that they live. But sometimes the thought process based around just those few extra dollars can hinder potentially what the right decision is. And look, I've actually spoken to families after the time, just exactly what you've said. Wish I had have done that. I wish I had have done that. Hindsight is a wonderful thing. Can you talk to me about the idea of going into the build with your eyes wide open? What does that mean? Everybody likes to think they do, but the reality is that there's always something to learn. When I'm actually speaking to families or young individuals about building a home, it's first of all to work out where they actually want to live, where it actually is important to them, and then think about how they want to live in the duration of time that they want to live in this home for, and what are the activities in that home that are going to be important. Actually, my husband and I are looking at our forever home. We just happen to be Metricon new home build addicts. This will be our fifth home build. So we've talked about what the most important things to us in our, at the ages that we are and what's our future look like. So my husband said, right, I want to somewhere for my pool table and I would like a theatre. They're the most important things to me. And for me, it's all about health and obviously about work as well. So somewhere where I can actually work out, but also somewhere that I can have a study location. Talking about what the most important things to you are and staying true to those because there's so many things that will come your way that will actually deviate or try and deviate your way of thinking. And then that accompanied by your budget will give you a really good direction of whether something is needed or not. So let's have a look at the costs that a customer has to budget for. And I know there's a couple of different categories. So can you break down the different categories and what they include? So the first one is site costs. How much of the budget should I be looking at? That's a really tricky question, that is, because it actually does depend on exactly where you're building. I always say to a customer, look at your surroundings. Your surroundings will be a really good indicator. 
So if you're looking at a block and it's flat, or if you're looking at a block and it's got fall across it, fall generally means more money. And especially if you've got a larger footprint of your home, because it could actually trigger retaining walls and that sort of thing. If you are looking around the surroundings of your block and you notice some really large, beautiful trees, generally they have a huge root system, those things there can trigger some additional costs. So Tanya, you just mentioned the land could have a fall. Can you just explain to me what that means? Yeah, sure. So when you're looking at a parcel of land, you actually see the gradient of the natural land and if it rises or falls away, can I actually either be to the front or to the back or it could be side to side, the fall can go either way. The best way to do it is take your shoes off and knowing how, how t- this is what we tell people, take your shoes off because sometimes we wear lovely stilettos and they give you a, a false impression of how tall you are. So if you take your shoes off, get down to the ground, you know how tall you are, depending on how much the fall goes up like to your body level. (laughs) An indicator. That's funny. I would just call it a hilly bit, but fall is the technical term. You can call it a hilly bit or you can call it fall, whichever you prefer. There's a hilly bit on there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's correct. And Tanya, I know Metricon has fixed site costs. Can you just explain to me what that means? So what fixed site costs are is that it's a cost for the site to build on that particular allotment that's fixed that actually will not move at all. So no matter what we actually find within going off to our third party or the governing bodies to find out information about that site, they will not vary. As long as we can get the information or as much information up as possible up front, which is generally engineering, and if there's any fill on that block and where your connection locations are, we should be fine to fix those site costs for you. I would say I think the answer to this is expensive retaining walls you weren't expecting, but are there any hidden costs that you think people need to be aware of that could come up when building their homes? If there's one thing I love about Metricon is that we try and be so transparent to make sure that we present any potential costs that could be there. We try and present that to a buyer as quickly and as early as we possibly could. Yep, on those hilly sites or on those ones with fall, we call them. There are sometimes, like you say, retaining walls that potentially could be required. Sometimes there can be, but we try to make sure right up front that everything is clear. The land costs, how much of the budget is that going to be? For example, in Melbourne, you could actually purchase a block for X amount of dollars, whereas in regional, you may pick a block plus the home and nearly be at the same cost. So it can vary so greatly. What about the inclusions and upgrades? I always say to a family, first of all, talk about the floor plan layout that you like. And then we can talk about the inclusions, the level of inclusions that you would like. And then with a great new home advisor that would sit there and actually guide you through homes that could potentially meet your family needs. And then what you can do is talk about what type of specification level you would like your home at. In terms of budget, if I'm coming to Metricon and I've got an idea and I've had a look at some of the ones that are on offer, I have noticed that that style of house has a price attached to it. So if you're budgeting, do you think that's a good idea to then have a look at the house price and then have a look around at what land that particular house might fit on and then look at what the prices of the land are? Is that the kind of process that you would advise? What I always advise families is to engage a new home advisor. They're the professionals that actually can help and guide you. Some people come to us with a block already in hand 
and that's what we have to work with. And then what we do is we actually suggest a home for them based on the allotment that they have. When they're coming with just an open book, basically with they don't know what home, they know around about where they want to live, say a township or an estate, then we can actually guide them from there and we can help them actually source that right block to suit the home that they want to live in. Now, speaking of that, there are some things that aren't handled by the builder. I feel like landscaping is always the thing that slips them up because you don't think about it. Well, I can remember the first home I ever built. I didn't think about factoring in fencing. I didn't think about factoring in landscaping or anything like that. Within two years, I actually finished my surrounding areas after my new build that I went, finally. With the builds that I've done after that, I've always factored in fencing and the way I want it as well, like whether it's double gates or whether I want some beautiful feature, timber wing fencing, whatever it may be. And I've always factored in landscaping, even the basics so that I can at least get in and feel comfortable so that my family feel comfortable in the home when we move in as well. And I've actually found it to be a lot more enjoyable process as well. What do you recommend people prioritise when they're selecting the pieces of the puzzle when they're putting the house together? I will always suggest whether it's only a short-term living project or whether it'll turn into an investment or whether it's going to be their forever home. I always get them to think about what their budget is, but I also get them to make a list of what their not negotiables are. So the things that they must have and then make another list of the things that if the budget allows that they could pop in there as well. Your favourite success story from your time at Metricon. Can you share one with us about maybe a customer or multiple customers where you've been really blown away by the outcome? There's two that really come to mind. One is feel very fortunate to, over the years, have been building homes for homeless people. That really gives me a really great sense of pride, especially in the community, but knowing that they've got somewhere safe to live. I'm very fortunate to come into contact with so many young people who never thought that they could actually afford to ever build a home. There was one young lady who comes to mind. We found a block for her and with some negotiating with the land developer, we got her a whiz-bang price. She actually built a home with her partner. But the beautiful thing is, is that the location where we found her to build, she built so much equity that the money she made from the home offset that, but also she built her and her next Metricon home and she's actually planning her third home. So that to me, with that very average situation for that young woman, to see how great she's come out of it, she's just gone ahead leaps and bounds. That to me gives me so much pride to know that that happened for her. Tanya really opened my eyes about what to look out for when it comes to the finances. But I still had a few more questions for Richard, and I really want you to hear the end of that story he told at the start of the episode. Up until now, we've mostly spoken about how to do your budget right. So I decided to ask Richard if there were any common mistakes people make in their builds. Probably the biggest mistake people make is the assumption of what they can borrow many institutions change rules from time to time and if they haven't borrowed money for a while they might be surprised as to they maybe can't borrow quite as much money as they want so that's possibly the biggest mistake so we really encourage customers to go to the bank early and really understand what their borrowing power is so that's probably the biggest mistake the other one is ignoring the budget as they go we may explain to them that this costs this much money and this costs this much money and yes this is quite expensive and that is a nine thousand dollar bath you've just chosen it is beautiful but it is a nine thousand dollar bath and 
they make these decisions as they go and then don't consider the big picture going, well, we did overspend on the bath, we overspent on this, we overspent on that, not realising that they're suddenly way, way over budget. So it's almost death by a thousand cuts. So that whole issue about keeping your, your budget in sync as you go through the process is really important to avoid that. They're probably the two most common issues that customers fall into. I and mean, that's why we try and work with both of them. We do encourage them strongly to go and get financial advice early. We make sure that we get through the selection process and give them a, an all-up understanding of what the selections will cost them early in the process so that they can make decisions to, to change selections or up their budget if they choose to. How much do they really want that $9,000 bath? That's what it comes down to, right? Well, everybody's different. Some people, <laughs> not, not too many people are very keen on $9,000 bath. But I've been doing it a long time. And what I do find is that everybody has a hot button. And whatever that is, and it varies from customer to customer, they will be prepared to go out on them for whatever that hot button is. I think it's funny too when you've had a few experiences where you've gone, oh, no, I won't get that thing, whatever it is. And then you kick yourself forever because you didn't spend the extra $200 or whatever it was at the time. So I, I'm sure there's a lot of that that goes on where you think, hang on, if I don't do it now, I'm never going to be able to rectify this. So do I just take a leap? Yeah, they do. A lot of it's about compromise. So and what we'll find with a lot of customers is that, you know, we'll encourage them to a point to personalise the home. With budget in mind, if they're a little bit over, then we can work with them and then it becomes a trade-off situation. If they can't find the extra money, then what gives? And we'll work with them on what the best way to try and manage their budget is. What's your number one tip for customers that are going through this or thinking about going through this process for the first time? Do your homework. Don't go to the bank. Go to your financial institution. Find out what your, your budget is. But just do your homework as you go through the process in terms of where your costs are at, you know, we will communicate with you during the process, but make sure that you don't ignore that communication, that you understand that you're getting close to budget or over budget rather than just ignoring that, engage in that process, that two-way communication as you go through the process to make sure you do keep your design and your dollars in sync as you go. Or if you're not, you're knowingly going over your budget and you're actually okay to do it rather than get to the end of the process and realise you're in big trouble. Okay, well, thanks for your enlightenment in all of that. It's been really good. But We'll just wrap things up with, if you could tell me your favourite success story from your time working at Metricon, something that stands out. We've got lots of good customer stories, which is lovely. My favourite customer story came from probably four or five years ago now, where we built quite a modest home for a Vietnamese brother and sister. And on completion, they contacted the office and spoke to their customer service person and said, we'd like to organise a lunch for everybody that was involved in our project, which was lovely. And so we knew a little bit about the backstories. The team came to me and said, would you come to this lunch? And I said, sure. So well, what they didn't expect that we had, everybody that touched their project came down there from the receptionist to the person they were dealing with in the office to the person on site to the sales consultant. And I turned up as well. And there's probably 10 or 12 of us. So they welcomed us into the house and they had this beautiful spread that they put on. And then as we were eating this beautiful meal and, and what was a modest home, but a beautiful home, they started to tell us their story and they were refugees. And they told us a story about literally coming out in a boat and how that brother was thrown overboard and died in the journey. And they were in tears telling us that this was their life dream to own a home and how much they loved their home and how beautiful their home was. And when you understood the journey they were on, which is not your typical journey, it was a journey of tragedy in many ways, to end up where they end up and to see how ecstatic they were about what they'd managed to accomplish, this amazing place called Australia, it was an incredibly moving story. And I'm so glad that the team, everybody went there and everybody was touched by it. And even today, people still talk about that story when you reminisce about it. 
what an amazing story. And I said to the team, this is what we do to people. We can actually have the ability to change people's lives. It was an incredibly powerful, really moving story, a very genuine, very heartfelt, which was incredible. It was really powerful. And from my point of view, really solidified the team, you know, understanding what the business actually does, what Metricon actually do for people and what we can actually do for people and how we can actually change people's lives. Thanks for listening to episode three of Building the Dream, a podcast by Metricon, all about the process of building a new home. In today's episode, we learned all about how to manage our budget during the build. Tanya gave us some great practical tips from the build she did, and Richard shared a few common mistakes and how to avoid them. Now, there's a lot of different builders out there, including Metricon. Join us next episode as we learn how to choose the right builder for your home and how to choose the right kind of home layout for your lifestyle. But if you're ready to take the plunge, head over to metricon.com.au and get in touch with a new home advisor. I'm Cecilia Ramsdale, and I'll catch you next time on Building the Dream.